Welcome to the Unusually Useful Podcast. My name is Glenn Iverson, and I'm your host. This podcast is a good one. I talk to my friend Christian about the balance between sports and work and passion, and we also talk about competition and whether it can get unhealthy or not. I hope you enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Um, Christian, do you know what I found in my fridge today that got me really excited? What? Okay, so I found uh, a dented fallen over LaCroix that I didn't know that I have. And That's it's, a ki- it's grapefruit, which is awesome. That's amazing. Dude, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I, you know, but I know that both of us tend to have a passion of this sparkling water that might be over-exaggerated. But, um, it's not. You know, <laughs> walk, me, walk me through what, what is your favorite LaCroix flavor <laughs> And why? <laughs> and how would you describe it to somebody else? Oh man, mm, this is hard because it's it's changed in the last I'd I'd say the last two years. There's been like six month phases, but right now we'll we'll just we'll just go with what what's working now. So cran raspberry, hands down, mm. is my favorite. That's that's I'm, I always remind mom when you know when she's going to the grocery store in this quarantine right now. Don't forget cran raspberry Lacroix. Be you know, get all of it, all of it. So, how would I describe that? Hmm. It's it's got a rich It's got a rich balance of of the carbonation and the cran raspberry flavor. I, I think the balance is really there. Like orange, orange is another one I like, but I think the flavor is a little too much. And then berry as well. Berry used to be a favorite of mine. I think the flavor is a little too much, but cran raspberry's got that nice balance. Where and then the lemon lime, that one doesn't have enough flavor going on. Yeah. Um, but the carbonation to flavor balance that I don't know, it, it's cohesive. Yeah, I think so. Mine is uh, the grapefruit one, which they call pomble mou or something like that. Right. Um, the way I would describe it is if like. It has like the freshness of like being in the woods on like a misty morning, but if you are also submerged in a cold hot tub of bubbles. Oh, that's a much more elegant way to describe (laughs) (laughs) Here I am just being like, I just balanced my uh, computer on a foam roller, so it's higher up. Dude, no worries. Yeah, man, uh, it's that is it's, elegant. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a strange. I I've been thinking a lot about it, and so I think that's the conclusion that I've come to, which would be being in a hot tub that was cold, turned on, but like it, just experiencing the freshness of like uh, a forest in the morning or something like that. Lacroix should like hire you for some creative writing or, or dude, something. Dude, I that would probably be a dream ad. If I ever got the chance to to film a video from Lacroix, I could probably stop making videos. <laughs> I was gonna say that's that a bucket list. Yeah, man, that's super super fun. Um, maybe we should do that. I should I should write something out like that, in like situations like what certain flavors are like make you feel, with what I just described, and like actually have it set up. That could be a funny. I mean, you could do it like well but right yeah. now kind of since we're stuck it could be funny to do that have you seen dan mace's newest stuff Mm-mm, no so he he did a video with gabby his fiance um where they went on a honeymoon and he did like they did like stop motion uh so they put like the camera up high and pointed it down towards the floor yeah and, and so like they kind of like walk on the floor like laying down mm-hmm. and do things So like you could um you could do like Lacroix spots where you have like a little snippet for each flavor and you know the the things describing it and then you have like very poorly green screened like bits and props and whatnot kind of like what you did with hunter yeah uh on that bts video okay but i mean like you could also do it well at some point but it could be amusing for it to be like kind of like bad on purpose you know definitely i don't know i i i always love i love like vibes in like movies (laughs) like that where it's like people are intentionally making like the film of a poor quality because like that adds to the humor. Like, have you ever seen, so one of my favorite movies that, or one of my favorite, like, I guess genres are those like horror movies that are intentionally made poorly. Like, like where the monster is like clearly bad, but then 
they like intentionally chose not to put like a ton of money towards it so it would be funnier oh, um, yeah like uh one of my favorite ones of that like my brother and i used to watch all these films on like the sci- the sci-fi network mm-hmm. on tv um but it's called piranaconda uh. and it's 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 so funny it's about like it's about these uh this this movie that's being shot on this tropical island but mm-hmm. as it's being shot um there's this like giant snake that has like a fish head that is just like coming through and killing everybody and everybody's like ridiculously attractive and they're all like aware that they're making a bad film and it's so much fun um i think a recent one that just came out that is like kind of in that same trend is like i think it's called like velocipastor and it's about (laughs) it's about this like priest who can like turn into a velociraptor but like when he does it's like the cgi is just like absolutely really horrible <laughs> but i think it's like it, but like you watch it and it it, it definitely gives off a, like a vibe of like this was intentional it's not like these people like only had enough money like it seems like they chose to like make it bad so to like add the humor into it which mm. is really fun um christian uh Where let me let me think. Oh, here we go. Christian, who are you? Who am who, I? Who are you? What are, are you in a job interview? <laughs> no. <laughs> what, um, what are you into? Um, yeah. You know, how'd you get into, uh, you know, sports and film? And I I know that our interaction of of college was was really interesting in terms of like figuring out the balance of that because I know we both did that. Like you did track and film, and I was swimming and film and i think we like both went a little bit different directions in it and uh you know just walk me through that process yeah so i mean being an athlete um is definitely a big part of who i am because i mean played soccer since i was five um and just kind of like was always outside doing stuff um but also like got involved pretty early probably like seven or eight with the lego stop motion stuff um, so like dabbling in, in video stuff and filming my skateboarding and or airsoft or just different things. Um, and that pushed me into some, some classes at the high school level uh, that explored, you know, story, you know, with video more. Um, but in sports, you know, like I said, just like from pretty much as early as possible. So, um, you know, in college I, I did track and field and trying to balance pursuing um, pretty high level goals alongside of taking the opportunity of, I mean, you're in college, you're there to learn. And so, you know, I wanted to graduate with the skill set necessary to get a job and, and make the opportunity, make that time worthwhile. So it was an interesting balance of, of trying to make the most of my classes as well as do personal projects that I felt like were advancing me in the direction I wanted to go in all the while, you know, training to throw a spear as far as possible. So, you know, an interesting and not exactly, you know, what you would write up as the best way to go about maximizing your college experience if one or the other was prioritized. But, you know, I had I was prioritizing both, I guess. So, you know, I had to make some kind of sacrifices on both sides. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, I wouldn't trade my experience and how it played out, you know, for anything just because of that that opportunity i guess to learn through balancing both and um i think it's made me i mean it obviously it's made me who i am today and i'm and i'm excited by that and the direction that i'm headed now and using sports as a tool to help kids learn and, and coaching kind of is my new real big direction although i still really enjoy training and doing sports stuff myself um but you know filmmaking as a as a career but also as kind of a passion, this thing that, you know, other people enjoy and how can I help kids explore that themselves? Um, yeah, that's just, you know, a little hodgepodge, I guess, of, of me for sure. Yeah, dude, I, I definitely remember um, when we were both still in school, like watching you be able to have this like passion of um, education and learning, not only in film, but then like seeing how that merged really well with, like when we would talk about your track meets or you trying to like, throw a little farther or um you know how we both have messed up in film or and then like how we both have messed up in sports as well um how that's like uh impacted your future trajectory like when looking at it as a whole 
of being like, oh yeah, like I definitely see him, you know, being a coach focused, I guess. And then like, even like, um, with this teaching thing that you're doing and stuff as well. Um, what, is there any way that you can like further explain, I guess, like how maybe you got into coaching or like how has that impacted your your life balance or even like film side of your life uh, now that you're out of school like has it become any different or do you feel like you balancing now coaching and film uh is different than how you were bouncing sports and film in in college like Hmm. is is that any different or do you think you've started to take priority of one over the other Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, So I started coaching two years ago in the fall, uh, working with the soccer teams, with the goalkeepers for both the guys and girls teams. Uh, And then, and um, I was on like the girls coaching staff technically. Where where are you coaching? Uh, This is Carlisle High School. Okay. And so um, I just, I was around and knew I was going to be around for that kind of fall ish into the end of the year in 2018 so um so i was gonna be around uh that that fall in 2018 so it just was like a good like you know i want to i want to coach at some point i'm going to be coaching with someone who had coached me in high school really respect this guy so why don't i take this opportunity to you know do this didn't really think it would snowball so much as it has um and during season, you know, I there were a couple things I, I missed in terms of games for, for shoots and whatnot, so had some projects. Um, but I think I, overall, like, I had a, a decent balance, and, you know, I was out in San Francisco for some time after that, but once I was back in Pennsylvania again, uh, coached the following fall uh, soccer, and then straight into track, I mean, I think the big thing for me with the coaching and the balance with things outside of coaching and film included in that is that as an athlete in college I was very emotionally invested to because like it was me it was it was my goals and my and whatnot and while I am emotionally invested in these kids and where they want to you know go what their goals are where while I'm emotionally invested in where the kids want to go um like it's it's just a little different and so like I think when I leave practice I really do leave practice and I'm not still there mentally whereas I think in college like I just just trying to succeed seeped into everything and so like I mean I could be in chapel I could be in class and like I was just always trying to game what it is I needed to do to find another centimeter you know because that's that's what I wanted whereas now you know I'm working with these kids and yeah sure I want them to succeed but I have that perspective and willing, uh, willing, well, not even willingness. I just, I want balance in my life. And I know that when I leave practice, like I need to leave practice and I can't let myself stay there. And so, you know, I, I do set aside time outside of practice to brainstorm and think about the things I can be doing better as a coach. And I'm always reading and trying to learn. Um, and so like, it is a, a large part of my life and it's a lot of hours, but um, I think it's just different in that, like I've said a couple times, I, I, I left practice. I'm not still lingering there. So then my brain is free to to think and be creative and, and pursue projects um, on my own as well as, you know, client work and whatnot and not be so bogged down. Um, so that's been really freeing in the last, like, year to really, like, take advantage of that. Yeah. What is – um? so it's, it sounds like, you know, with track and stuff and – in film back in back in school that it, it necessarily wasn't about like there was an attempt for balance but it might not have always been successful uh now that you're like i guess along that more track of like figuring out okay like when to leave certain situations whether that's work or coaching or your film stuff like i'm gonna take a pause from this to do this other thing because mm-hmm. like everything else is still important what was the was there any moments where like it was bad for you, like where you weren't successful in that, where maybe in college, any, any time, like Mm. being too obsessive of being too obsessive of like one thing over another. Cause like, that's, that's where I guess like my perspective comes in. Cause like when I was, when I was swimming and still in, when I, and I just switched to the film program, I was so like 
I guess, hungry to be better at filmmaking that like swimming became such a forethought that like, you know, I ended up missing practices and I ended up like skipping classes to go work on other certain video projects. And, mm-hmm. um, it, I guess from an outside perspective of someone who's looking at it in terms of like balance or even just like family stuff and friend stuff, I would be like, I'm not going to participate in these other aspects of my life because I want to get better at, uh, get better at video. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, I guess, had moments like that where maybe you've become too obsessive about one thing or another? Mm-hmm, certainly. So, like, I knew, like, freshman year, I definitely was really naive. And so, like, I didn't really have as many doubts about my ability to balance the two. But, like, sophomore year, like, right away, um, there's this event called uh, Sophomore Mugging. And so you get, like, root beer floats in a mug at the president's house, like, first couple weeks of school. What school and is just, this? Uh, this is at Messiah College. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, I, we I, we're, like, big assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like we're... we're I, that's something we're that I'm working on in, po- in podcasting. The millions I'm trying of to listeners. be aware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My millions of listeners. Um, his, well, just in general as a practice, but, like, talking as if, like, people don't know who you are. And, like, I'm having a conversation right. with you as... Obviously, with the the friendship experience that we do have together, yeah. but I guess yes for the listeners who haven't been able to figure it out, Christian and I both went to Messiah College in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. There you go. Okay, now yeah. continue. Yes, <laughs> and so one of the th- there are several events um, for each kind of grade level um, that connect you to the president, uh, and so for sophomores they get to do this this root beer float thing after a soccer game. And it was, like, pretty early, like, first couple weeks of school. And I just remember, like, being super mopey because I think that whole week I was just, like, you know, the production class, like, that I'm in. And I think I had screenwriting and what else I have? I mean, I had 18 – I knew I had 18 credits that semester, and I just was, like, my head's going to explode. Um, and I was super worried. And so, like, I think I, like, super dramatically told some friends, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do track. And – and then, like, in, like, the days after that, I was like, why would I say that? Like, why why do I feel this way? Like, I knew I was stressed, but I also, like, I knew that there was no way I was not going to do track. Like, the year before, I finished 11th at Nationals. Like, I was, this was going to be my year to be an All-American. Like, there's no way I wasn't going to do track. But just, like, there were lots of moments where I really was convinced I was going to have to quit because my classes just felt like too much and you know people always be like oh you're a film major you're in the comm department and the comm department at messiah gets a really bad rap especially if you're a comm major so there's a communication major in the communication department but that's that's another whole thing but anyways being a film major right so like what's the what's so hard about that but i mean on top of um I guess the biggest thing is just the time demand. So I just always was thinking like, well, if I'm going to do a good job, like it's going to take this much time to do this project. And I mean, I'm at practice three hours a day, every day. And like, sometimes people are really getting on my case for not being more available. I'm like, I'm as available as I can be, but like, this is a commitment I've made to do. But like, you know, that would, that would be a definitely a barrier uh, mentally. And then in order to do a good job on something, I think in film, I think being, like I said, right now, I feel so creatively free and open to think. And in college, I wasn't because I was so preoccupied with trying to, you know, figure out how to throw farther. And so not being as creatively available, emotionally available to ideas, um, generation, I think that hindered me in a way for sure. And so there were lots of episodes from sophomore year on like that, where I would go like a week thinking like I need to quit and then not so much. Um... But, hmm. So there are weeks like that. But uh, what's funny is I never, like, really talked to anybody about it too much. Like, I mean, I'd say things occasionally. But, like, I never went to my coach and, like, had, like, like that kind of conversation. Like, there were kids. Um, I remember at least every semester there would be someone that would be, like, would be at practice one day and not be at the next and, and it would be like well they're talking to coach and they're not sure if they're going to keep doing it and so what's interesting is like I pretty much almost never missed a practice like I mean I miss I've missed a couple for some projects but I mean like it would be less than 10 probably in my four years right so like I never miss practice basically and like like I always I don't know it's, it's, it's just it's interesting that like the thought would enter my mind but it would it's such a foreign and like 
uncomfortable concept that like I immediately would pretty much immediately would reject it like I knew it was a possibility and something I needed to consider but I didn't want to so I just I just like persevered I just you know continued onward which I mean it worked out yeah yeah definitely man um you know one thing that kind of like I guess like pops up into my mind is is a couple things but like why I guess why in general I feel like situations like that are stressful (laughs) and that I think that leads people to ask like, okay, like why are you putting yourself through this or Mm -hmm. why, like why, why are you choosing to do this thing that either takes up such an obnoxious amount of time, both. And I know that sports can definitely be that. And I know that film can definitely be that too. So, oh, I think that one leads me to ask you like specifically, like why, why are you into both? Or I guess like what 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 draws you to both of those avenues, mm-hmm. like specifically, um, and then like yeah, well I'll just leave, I'll leave you there for then, and then I'll and then I'll ask you the next thing. Um. So what draws me to both filmmaking and uh, athletics? I guess is a way to say it. Um. I mean, it's, it's, I'm very competitive. I mean, my, I have uh, three other siblings um, younger than me, and we just always found a way to make a game have a score or some kind of, you know, winning and losing kind of status. And so, <sighs> just being drawn, being in that kind of environment um, is kind of, that's the culture. Um, that's, that's, I mean, just sports are really valued in this house, I guess is a pretty straightforward way to say it. So, I really enjoyed soccer for a long time and high school, you know, that kind of changed a little bit and there were some, some social dynamics um, that were difficult, I would say, um, and that kind of pushed me away from the game a bit and I wasn't as interested in being recruited to play that in college because of that and at the same time, I was really enjoying track, track and field because, you know, I was throwing the javelin, it's this individual thing, I answer to myself, you know, I can get better on my own, like, I don't have to rely on anyone else, so that's what really kind of sold that for me, and I was getting better really quickly, and so that's that's probably the biggest reason why that's what I ended up doing in college, because I love soccer, and I mean, I was I was pretty good at it, and probably could have played at a small Division three school, not Messiah, because they're very good, but, well, I don't know, maybe Jared always... Uh, that's a whole nother discussion <laughs> to have Jared Jared will be like well I don't know you know but um, um but so that's the, the there were there was some difficulty there in that sense in high school with soccer and, and javelin that individual component to it and you know you can look at filmmaking the same way um, in that like sure you can do something on your own um, but it can be really cool to collaborate and work with other people and have roles and I mean that's that's the nature of of actual work you have to work with other people you don't really Ugh, too often work super super solo right so I mean it's um there's that but but how did how did why why filmmaking um I don't know I just it was so I love filming things I loved having my little flip camera and even before that I had some other I don't know what it's called I have it over there if you want me to bring it over here actually it's kind of funny it's just totally destroyed but th- this little camera I'd prop it up and just film all my skateboarding and all my Lego stuff and I don't know, I just really liked putting a camera, getting getting whatever it was I was doing on camera. And that was more interesting than maybe making like a mental note of it or even taking a picture. Like I didn't want a picture, I wanted a video of it. I wanted a nice pan or something, you know? And so I think I just like took that with me into everything. And when I learned like, oh, there's classes for this. And like, this, is, this isn't just like something a select number of people in the world can do. Like this is a growing field and I mean, like we can say now, like media is not going anywhere. You know, the number of the number of jobs that are going to continue to keep popping you know, up, yeah, you know, appear that are you know based in can you operate a camera? Can you edit this? Can you you know? I mean, it's just so valuable. Um, on top of being a a culturally enriching thing, right? Because there's obviously commercial work that's kind of bland but does its job. But I mean, like we. I, you know, I, I feel like most people, you, you get involved at least early on as a kid and you're just having fun, you know, and it's your way of kind of showing what you're up to or, or something. Um, and 
I think you know different movies kind of have had an impact on me and seeing the story that unraveled there and feeling like gee I hope one day I can capture something like that and tell a tell a story like that that provides you know an interesting an entertainment um, but also you know an informative experience something that can transform someone's heart even if it's just like just a little you know nudge in terms of being more open to uh, new perspectives or I you know I didn't know this that and the other about this situation so I'm more aware I'm less ignorant you know all, there's all kinds of ways to look at it um, and I think as I've gotten older and matured um, I'm more open to these bigger you know more complicated ideas but I think it comes back to you know it, it, it was just this thing that I did that I really enjoyed and I, I'm learning how powerful it is um, and I'm excited about using it for to do good and then you know sports is, is moving in that direction too and that you know I was raised in this environment where you know sports are important and are valuable for your your development physically mentally emotionally and whatnot but now it's it's not even about that so well that is what it's about because it's not about um, so like the value of sports like I just said you know being that those developmental things that would be probably my parents answer for encouraging me to do it you know being active is good right and as a kid it was fun and winning was important and now as, as you know i guess right i'm an adult i can say i can say that you know i'm <laughs> moving towards that answer that I, I just gave that might be like the more adult answer which is that there's value to it and it's going to help you develop as a person and so i enjoy competing and trying to win and you know I hate losing but like I know it's not the end of the world and I know that there's a there's a greater purpose for things and um, I'm excited to help kids learn that and see like okay yeah sure we want to win this track meet but like at the end of the day if you can graduate and understand that training is hard you're gonna have to do things you don't want to do but you're gonna get better at this thing and if you can apply that to your schooling how you parent how you work at your job I mean there's like just the applications are endless and so sports as my college coach would say he's like track and field is a tool and so it's just a, it's just a means to working towards other things and I think that's that's where I'm at now with sports and so that's why sports for me now and filmmaking now and it's interesting how that's kind of changed over time but I mean that's a maturity thing and you know as a kid you want things to be fun and enjoyable and you want to be on top and and now as an adult more so I'm like I want to feel um, good about what I do and uh, wake up every day knowing like what I'm doing has purpose and I, I, I am living my purpose and I feel good about it and I'm challenging myself to better myself and things like that yeah dude that's awesome man um, one thing that like when you're talking you're, you're you're saying stuff about competition and and I guess just the aspect of like how sports can provide that mm -hmm. like funny enough in my experience like I remember like when I would be on like the swimming block and like getting ready to dive that like I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't feel competitive with the other people it was mm. almost it was it was almost like too solo for me that like I didn't feel like even okay even if I beat these people like there's still no like I didn't have any like emotion into it hmm. and and so when when I ended up finding filmmaking it was so weird because I I the way I kind of got to the the filmmaking side of of the art world was because that's what I originally I was you know was going to school for was art education because I was mm -hmm. going to be I was going to be an art teacher yeah. <laughs> and I tell people that because. The only thing that I, I guess, was relatively good at or like into was one telling people how to do things, but two drawing. And I was like, I don't know how to make this into a career. And eventually, I found that. Um, but you know, one thing that I guess that I I was really gravitated towards was when I, I was on a backpacking trip with uh, a good buddy of mine. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, his name's Andrew and he uh he had this he he brought his camera and this was I th I think I owned one at the time but I didn't I ended up just using it for pictures. So I was I was trying to figure out okay like why I w I was just using it to like you know take pictures of my art or take pictures of things that I saw but I never really turned it on to the video feature and stuff. And so um he let me ended up uh, using his camera to grab a couple shots uh, and stuff on YouTube or, or for the video. And uh, when we got back from the hike, 
um, he like I think like two or three days later he sent me a video of all the clips that we recorded and I was like mm-hmm. oh my gosh like I can like you know relive this uh, uh, like relive this moment or have this like memory like physically in a little bit more detail than just like a photo um, you know because you have like sound and stuff that you say and like you have the emotion right. that music can provide and stuff like that I was like oh this is so cool and so I ended up switching but I think when I ended up switching and ended up leaving swimming uh, and just focusing on filmmaking, I had this really weird moment where, uh, and I, I would talk to my professors about this and stuff too, but like every time we were in critique for like a video, I, that was like the most competition I ever felt. And I felt mm-hmm. like I, I I felt like I was pitted against people. Like I'm gonna be the best person on this project. Like I wanna mm-hmm. I'm gonna work hard enough to where like everybody wants to work with me. And like it I ended up getting to the point where like I only I never wanted to work with anybody or hear about anybody others any any other people's like passion behind what they're doing if they weren't like as good or or better than me. Um, yeah. Or in the way that That's in the way that I like. Um, in the way that I, I kind of leveled that out and, uh, in, in my head and like how I like scaled people. Um, and and if I look back at it, it's definitely like not burned some relationships, but definitely prevented some friendships that I could have had. If I took a more like, um, like how can we help each other get better at making movies rather than Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to make a better movie than you. And so like that, that was a point for me where I felt like competition almost got I, I too ahead of me. Like I was too focused mm-hmm. on being better than the other person. Totally. And not, That's and so not really like, okay, how can I better myself, but then also help people get better at the same time, which I feel like mm-hmm. is more of, of the philosophy that I take now, which is like, I'm going to make myself increase in skill, but also like, how can I support other people in their journey on top of that? Not like it's me against them. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I can't, like, it's so interesting yeah. thinking about that like being in critique together and like having this knowledge now Think I'm thinking so Glenn's over there like you know <laughs> dude wondering. like seriously uh, that's like, so interesting because like, in, critique oh, yeah. I would be in like uh, it, it wasn't until like film in HD2 where like my opinion mm. switched so literally mm. every class up until like one of the highest level senior ones that you took, right. I was like, every time that I wasn't in a group with someone, if it was like a solo project, the way people describe when they're about to get into like <laughs> a fight, like a physical altercation with someone is how I felt in right. the classroom, like presenting no a way. project. Yeah. Wow. And it was like, if you didn't know what, like I would like, in my head, I would never, I never did this to like someone, you know, face to face, but I would do it in my head and like looking on back on it. I'm like, dang, like I was like rude, you know, be like, Oh, if you don't know what like aperture and ISO exactly do, then like you're a chump (laughs) or like if you can't like accomplish (laughs) handheld filmmaking or like balance a movie properly, like who do you think you are? And like, I ended up, I guess I, I, you know, our professor Skullstad, ended up uh mm-hmm. he was he was one of my favorite professors he ended up humbling me in some conversations that we had about that kind of stuff and i was like oh like you know relying on other people to help you make your thing is actually like a little bit more beneficial um do you think that like have you ever ran into an like an unhealthy sense of competition in sports or film um yeah so it's funny you say that so like i definitely felt my um in the critiques for the one typography design class i took at messiah like it wasn't that i was better than anyone because i wasn't like i was in like survival mode and like i was always terrified like critique in film classes sure i was nervous and like i wanted it to go well but like i was confident in what i did but like this design class i was like terrified i was like as long as he doesn't say it's absolute garbage you know i can walk out of that class with some dignity (laughs) You know? Was that with Kasparic? So, 
yeah, oh, something. dude, 100%. Yeah. Like, you know, I, so that, like, yeah, he definitely gives that feeling of like, uh-huh. Yeah, and so I, I'm, and I'm just like, all these design kids are amazing, and like, oh, man. And so it's such a, such a moment of relief. We had to, one of the projects was you had to make your face, you had to do a portrait using just type. And so, you know, the first question, and he's like being all weird about it. He's like, so who is this? And you had to like say which, you know, person. So like, thankfully, my my self-portrait I made with type looked like me. Um, But man, it was, but some some legitimately unhealthy competition. So track, interestingly enough, almost never had that. So track and field uniquely, I wouldn't say uniquely because other sports have this, but, but track and field especially for high school was so different for me because everyone's trying to race the clock or the you know you know be judged against this tape measure and so there's this interest in seeing other people succeed and sure there's rivalries and whatnot but I mean like compared to other sports like I mean you just don't see people get really angry or emotional like people don't get there's no red cards or yellow cards I mean there's not altercations I mean it's it's few and far between that there's bad blood um, it's it's really rare, um, and in college there was a situation at nationals one year where some guys had changed the spikes that go in. So your, a spike is your shoe. My javelin spikes is a shoe, but then the spikes that screw into the bottom are also called spikes. And there's rules about how big they can be. And basically, some people changed them, and it's a long story. But so I was very upset then. But you know, other than that, like I loved competing with lots of people there and I great friends with lots of people from different schools and I would be excited to be I'd be in first place last round of the competition and so and so would throw further and now I'm in second I loved that because I'm like you know what hey they had a better throw you know good for them and now it's my chance to try to beat them on the last throw sometimes I would sometimes I wouldn't and you know sure I would wish I would have won all of them but like in that moment it was me against that distance and it wasn't personal you know and so that was super cool. But in high school, man, some soccer, there were some soccer rivalries that were really bad. I mean, I would say all kinds of dumb things. I was a goalkeeper. And I would say all kinds of dumb things to field players when there was like a pause in the game or like on a corner kick or something or throw-ins or, you know, pushing and shoving people off of me. I mean, it was, there, there were a couple schools that the rivalries were like, I mean, there wouldn't be a fist fight, but I mean, it, it felt like sometimes we were going to, that's where it was going because like there was just so much angst and it was some of these schools it was kind of like our schools didn't like each other and so every sporting event tended to be that way and so you were extra pumped to play them because it was like we want to you know destroy you and make you feel bad about your team and you're you know it's just so dumb because like you graduate and like you go to college and then you're like friends with people that like went to that school and you're like oh you're normal like there's nothing wrong with you, but like two years ago, you were like screaming and yelling, you know, <laughs> terrible things from across the stands at one another, not knowing you would eventually be friends. Yeah. Um, but so I'd say high school soccer, there definitely was some like unhealthy competition in like wanting to, to really embarrass basically these these other kids be- for no reason other than they went to this other school which we deemed inferior. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting how in college that, yeah, that didn't exist. I mean, in track, I think, credit to, to the sport as a culture. It, it just tends to build up this you versus yourself, and it's indi- more individual in that way. And so p- even though there's team scores and whatnot, I mean, people just don't get like that yeah. as much. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, have you been able to, like, I guess, see that aspect of competition, healthy or otherwise? Um, in the sports that you've been coaching and like have you like I guess like what are the lessons that aren't necessarily like oh throw this javelin farther or run faster in your coaching now but like I guess the more like life applications of handling emotion Uh, have you been able to like work on that kind of stuff with some of your students yeah absolutely so um, you know the second year coaching soccer this this past fall in, in 2019 uh, I knew the girls and the guys better. And so just being able to step in and make some suggestions in certain situations, whether it was specifically related to a practice or a game, or just like hearing about their day and being like, hey, like, just just two words on this, you know, because high schoolers just say everything and anything. And so um, 
I'm trying to think of like some good examples. I mean, I know even right now I'm dealing with, you know, a lot of communication with high schoolers who ran their last race and they didn't even know it. You know, we had a pretty good indoor season and we were just starting outdoor. And that's, you know, when all of this uh, Corona, you know, kicked off. And so some high school seniors, you know, their last meet already happened. They didn't, you know, enter it knowing that. They didn't have that kind of closure. That just, it just happened. And for some kids, it went well. Some kids, average. And I mean, we had a group, a relay that should have done really well at states, and they tanked. And that's the last moment they'll wear a Carlisle jersey is a, you know, a tanked race. So it's like, um, that's a real bummer, you know. But how do you move forward from that? And you know, I mean, yeah. How do you move forward from that and do? There's, there's just so much more to life, and, but it can feel, and I know, so, I know that so well because that was me, you know, that this moment is everything. And, and if, I don't, if I don't qualify for states, you know, who am I? And if I don't score team points at states, who am I? You know, it's like, well, I, I went to states, but I didn't score team points, and we got second as a team. So, you know, what do I do? It's like, well, you know, life goes on, and so you learn from it. Um, so supporting the kids through that right now has been tricky. Um, some seniors are competing in college, so they're a little more like, well, I have this next steps, you know, to look forward to. And then you have other kids who it's like, I love running or I love whatever it is, but I'm, I'm not going to do it, you know, in college. At least I don't think so right now. And that pr pretty much means you probably won't unless you walk on later. So how do you wrestle with those emotions of not having that closure? Um, and then in soccer, um, some just, just tough rivalries and, and helping the kids not have the perspective I had and it'd be like look you play with these girls you play with these guys you know outside of season on club teams whatnot like don't you know don't enter the game assuming that they're out to get you or something and you know stuff has happened and there's been teams that we definitely feel like you know we're not sure what's going on in the in the huddle over there and what they're telling them to do or not do um but you know, at the end of the day, you gotta um, kind of be the bigger person, and so you know, my my coaching philosophy definitely has been greatly influenced by by Coach Clippinger, um, who's the head coach of the girls, and that's that's who I work with so much. And just like, look, we're gonna stick to how we play. We're not gonna let other people dictate how we play. Be that technically, but also just like emotionally. You know, we're not gonna lose our cool on the field. And if we do, like, you're gonna come off the field because that's just not how we carry ourselves. Um, and so that's been, that's been really cool to help kids kind of get a feel for that. And once you can start to recognize that, I mean, you just play so much better because it takes a lot of energy to worry about those things instead of just playing the game. Yeah. Um, but it can be hard, you know, you're, you're, you're emotionally invested. You're, you know, you're in high school, you hear all the drama and the stuff on social media and you're all hyped up because of this, that, and the other that people have said. And so you, it takes a lot to, to step back from that and say, you know what? No, I'm not going to get involved in that. And I'm just going to play this game and I'm not going to worry that so-and-so threatened to pull so-and-so's hair or something. I mean, just the most ridiculous things, but, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Cause I know I've been there and I, and I know that I've done some things and like played with attitude, you know, like the next time someone comes in my box, like I'm going to bulldoze them. I'm going to get the ball, but I'm definitely going to try to hurt this person. <laughs> like that's just not a healthy, you know, attitude to have. That's not good. I mean, I, I would hope that no kid that I coach thinks that that's what I want them to do. But I know that somehow I felt that way sometimes. So how do you rectify that? Um, yeah. Have there been specific steps or questions that you ask your students like in that? Mm -hmm. like, like yeah, I guess I mean, what if what if, like say say I'm one of those students who's like I'm gonna go you know bulldoze mm -hmm. this kid or whatever like what would be the I guess the strategy to maybe like talking to this person yeah so a big thing is uh, team over self with our with our teams and so you know in a team sport like soccer I mean you need 11 people on the field to, to have a chance to win it, it's kind of hard when you're down a person so it's like hey anything you do that jeopardizes us, whether you might get a card and be off the field and now we're down a player, or you get hurt doing something, you hurt someone else. I mean, that's a poor reflection on our team. I mean, there's just so many ways you can frame the team over self kind of argument. And so it's like, you gotta think about the group. Um, uh, and then after that, you gotta think about yourself. How do you wanna carry yourself? How do you want people to think about you? And it's like, you have 
you know, your whole life ahead of you. And so, sure, one thing you do in high school isn't going to define you. But, I mean, like, it is going to be a, a bit of a defining moment for the coming months and possibly years if you're a freshman and something happens. Like, that's going to follow you around. You know, that happened to you. And so do you want the story to be that, you know, you were the bigger person and you let somebody fly by you um, because they were going to try to knock you over and you just kind of took a step out of the way and let them carry on and it was a nice kind of fake out or did you embrace the impact and you just you know had at it I mean there's not in my time coaching but there have been some stories about some fist fights in like the last 10 years when there were some different coaches um, and it's just like that's crazy that you would let your you know your kids just do that and not like this that kind of behavior is totally unacceptable right so team over self is just a, such a big thing that we talk about and that applies to everything that's like hey i don't want to go on a run today well team over self like everybody else on the team's going to do it like you need to do what you need to do to prepare yeah to be ready so this team you know and so you can apply that to lots of other things but especially trying to help kids deal with different situations that are emotionally difficult um to keep your cool you know you just think about the team and what what's best for the team and i mean that's pretty much always going to be keeping your cool and just trying to be the bigger person, you know, despite, you know, what else might be going on. Yeah, absolutely, dude. Well, um, yeah, man, uh, I guess one last thing that we can talk about would be like, you know, uh, in text messages that we've had and I guess <laughs> pre, pre-podcast meetings um, have kind of been like, this is, this this show, I guess, is about like, in some of its undertone obviously is filmmaking and creativity but also like how can people uh increase knowledge and love in their life um and the way mm-hmm. that kind of some of my friends um and i have been starting to say that is just like big brain big heart so like i guess mm-hmm. what is there any sliver advi- of advice or 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 thing that someone can read or listen to or, or watch that maybe you you are currently experiencing um, or are really into uh, that that you would be <laughs> willing to recommend to the world right now? Yeah. Oh man. So I just I just would say um, you know take advantage of the opportunities around you to challenge yourself and make yourself uncomfortable. I mean, in college, I wish I would have went to more events. Um, in the later half of college, I did, but went to you know. Um, chapels or different speaking events where someone would be talking about a topic that you know initially would kind of set me in a certain headspace being defensive you know because maybe I had a stance on that that was different than the whoever was there speaking or something so I really appreciate friends that encouraged me to go to events where I I would sit and listen and have to kind of um uns um soften my my defenses to different perspectives and that's not to say that like I would go to something and suddenly have a changed mind about you know my position on some social political issue or or whatever but it was just that willingness to dialogue and and recognize there are different perspectives and they come from real places that you know aren't um I mean it's real people with real stories and it's not you know the there's this very like us and them uh, kind of attitude right now in the world and I think it's super important to be willing to enter into a space with an open mind and say hey you know I disagree but let me let me hear this person out let me hear them out and you know when you say that when you say I'm going to do that you really have to be willing to fight your defense to shut down and you have to continue to listen and that that's really hard to do for extended periods of time and by extended periods of time I mean days weeks I mean whether it's a book or you know a lecture series or something i mean it's there's a lot of things in the world that you know you can agree or disagree with and have stances about and it's you know you can um you can grow so much from being willing to step in and listen to other people who hold different positions than you um and just have different life experience than you it doesn't have to mean that they you know stand on the other side of the voting booth so to speak or what what not because that tends to be kind of the direction this discussion goes but just someone that grew up in a city and these are the things they did and their their um you know upbringing and their story just looks very different than yours you know 
And so in college, I think being exposed to different people who had just different upbringings, different stories, drastically different than my own, you know, as a kid, it's super easy to think everyone lives the life you live. And so if you have two parents at home, you think everyone has two parents at home. You don't worry about money, nobody worries about money. And so, you know, that that illusion disappears quickly. And so the question is, are you willing to step in, you know, and, and learn in, from other people even if it's uncomfortable, because it certainly can be, because we all have our biases and admitting that those are there. Um, so there's not necessarily any particular book or whatnot that I could say, although right now I'm just enjoying reading lots of different things. Right now I'm reading Seven Desires of Every Heart, and that's just super fascinating to, d to dive into kind of my personal life and thinking about things in my childhood that have set me up for different decisions and whatnot now. A little plug for that, I guess. <laughs> but, um, but I mean, just like basically, super generic like step out and and dialogue with people that are different with you different than you and be willing and open to hearing their stories and you just might you know realize that there's you know something else for you to learn you know uh, just I mean I, I have to embrace my ignorance every day and know that I don't know everything and I need to continue to be open to learning because I don't know everything but if I dialogue with people I can pursue a greater level of knowledge and willingness not willingness but ability to connect with others and, and I'm seeing that in school so I you know substitute teach I was substitute teaching the last year until you know this this um, corona started so um, being in school and uh, being around kids lots of different you know home life situations and the things they say or don't say in class and you know how do you handle different situations you know it's really different to me because I think I come from a pretty like storybook average middle class you know upbringing and so being around kids you know Carlisle is a pretty diverse district and so um, just trying to navigate different situations and talk to kids and support them I mean some days you know you got kids that just like sleep all class and like it's not because they don't want to do their work but it's because they're tired because they were up all night because they were who knows what they're scared of something or you know there's all kinds of things that can be going on and so you know starting to like turn the gears about hey you know people have different experiences than you um, and being willing to, to learn, listen and learn. Yeah, I mean, that's a super long-winded way of just saying, be willing to listen. I mean, really listen, and listening is extremely hard. It's so easy to talk and wanna, you know, be like, me, 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 this is my experience. But when you like turn your, turn your mouth off and turn your ears on, you can learn a lot. Um, and I think that that turning your ears on and keeping them on, even when it's hard, is what's gonna help, you know, that big brain, big heart thing, you know, really start to, to come up. I love that. I think that's such a great phrase. It should be a shirt for sure. Yeah. Put, me on, put me on the pre-order list. <laughs> I need I need me a Dude, shirt. Dude, hopefully like hopefully we can get to the point where teachers can be involved. But yeah, man. Yeah. Um yeah, it's, listening is definitely hard, especially when you have so to hard. come from a I guess a, a mindset of of humility and being humble mm -hmm. it's just that humility pills are all very tough to swallow <laughs> it's they um, are they are because you feel so you're so you're so quick to be defensive like oh no like what i said it's not wrong i don't you know i i, I wouldn't you yeah. know but it's like hey gotta now or it's gonna be later it's still gonna hurt the same yeah dude absolutely and i think that's something that uh, we've been at least good at practicing like in our relationship which has been really cool to see and experience um, but yeah dude um, that kind of wraps up the podcast um, thank you again for being on it thank you for having me it was great yeah dude absolutely well I will see you another time then okay yeah buddy take care Sweet. see you man <laughs> <laughs>